Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. Uh, We're currently in a mastermind group. So I have some of the smartest business minds in the country. Uh, There's a lot of smiles going on in, in the room here. Uh, We are in a marketing mastermind and I've just been asked a question, um, how do you grow your database, also known as LIST? Uh, And um, we've got someone who's got a goal of having a database of 100,000 people. And that's the question we're going to answer now. So I think the first thing is defining what your LIST or your database is. Now, there's obviously the email opt-ins. But then, of course, there's podcast listeners, there's YouTube followers, there's Facebook likes, there's people that you have in your own Facebook group, there's LinkedIn connections, there's LinkedIn followers, Instagram followers, LinkedIn groups, postal addresses. So... There's a lot of things that constitute a follower, a fan, a subscriber and an opt-in. Now, I'll focus on the opt-in because I think when you say list, that's probably where most people think of list. But I believe in multiple streams of leads. I think it's vital. There are some fundamentals I believe in in marketing and multiple streams of leads is one of them. Like if you only had an email database and that was where you were getting all your business from and then something like GDPR happens, which many of us have got a song and dance about that, you're in the UK, then you can all of a sudden lose two thirds or three quarters or whatever of your business. I know someone um, who's got a car wrapping business and Brexit's really affected them. Um, and if you've only got referrals or word of mouth or a database, then you can be disrupted. So I think it's really important to have all the platforms set up, have a Facebook page, have a Facebook group. Many of you who we've done the one-to-ones with, I've all, you know, our business plans that we're doing together, I've already t- set you up on all of this. Having a LinkedIn profile, having a Facebook profile, uh, sorry, um, a, a um, Twitter profile, having a podcast, a YouTube channel for your company and, your, and you as an individual influencer or brand, maybe growing Twitter, Snapchat. Now, what Pinterest, etc. Depends on your business. One or two of them are not so relevant to you as others. Like for our business, Snapchat's not so relevant. I have an account, but don't really do much on it. So that's kind of like step zero because there's, you mentioned before, that um, you've been growing your business organically, i.e. you had low-hanging fruit because you'd done a lot of content marketing, you got yourself out there, you got yourself known, you were successful. 
and sort of when you did your kind of first initial promotions, you get that instant hit because people have followed you. And that's something you want to continue. And I'll talk about that. But really, when you're growing your um, databases, I'll use that generic term. So I don't have to keep saying opt-in subscribers, followers, fans, like, shares, blah. Um, you've got organic and then you've got paid. And that's how we break it down. And both, both are relevant. But you're going to get to a point where you're going to need to start doing paid. Otherwise, your growth is going to slow, which is where we're at now, I think. Um, so actually, I'll, I'll start with organic and what you can continue to do, and then I'll move over to paid. Before I do that, though, um, I couldn't say whether a Facebook like or a LinkedIn follow or an email opt-in or a group member in a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group, if you've got one, is necessarily better or worse. But here's what I can say. Each individual platform, other than an email opt-in, owns your follower and you don't. So if you get someone follow you on Facebook, Facebook do not give you their email address or their phone number. They never will. Nor do LinkedIn, nor do anyone. So if Facebook algorithm changes and you, your reach gets completely reduced, which has happened quite a few times over the last few years, or a platform, there was Vine. I don't know if you remember Vine, those six second videos, and the Vine's just gone. And there were people who had 10 million followers on Vine. I mean, imagine having 10 million followers and then they're just gone. So whilst I'm, I'm definitely a big believer in having all these followers and fans and subscribers, I think it's vital as a backup strategy that as many of them as possible, you've got opted in where they have filled in a form and you've got their email address and their contact details. And so that involves A, building that database and B, from time to time, leveraging your existing followers to build that database. So on a rolling, maybe three month cycle, I will do an offer on my LinkedIn to get people to follow my podcast an offer on my podcast to follow on or join one of my Facebook groups, like the Disruptive Entrepreneur Group. An offer in one or two of my big groups to subscribe to my LinkedIn, sorry, my um, YouTube channel. And I'll carousel them. I'll, I'll rotate them so that within every three months or so, maybe four, each platform has been invited to join each platform. Now, if you ask people to join, some will. If you nag people to join, more will. If you bribe people to join, even more will. And when I say bribe, I mean an ethical, elegant bribe, just in case you're listening. Um, so I offered recently a marketing and KPIs document, a 12-page document, which has got about 110 of the marketing metrics and KPIs that I use to grow my business, which should do 20 million quid this year in turnover and book business. Uh, and I offered that in exchange uh, for either a, a follow, an opt-in, or even it could be for a review. Um, and that got 700 in the first day, just by offering that into a, you know, a couple of places. Because what business owner doesn't want all the good, useful KPIs? So that's how to use each platform to grow each platform. And if you do that every three to four months, you'll keep giving them some momentum to grow. 
Now, what you want to do from time to time is vary what that's called a lead magnet, something that's valuable to someone that you're going to give away in exchange for their details is called a lead magnet. And then an actual physical product is called a product magnet. So I've probably done six of these in the last two months. I did one. I've created a six step elegant social media sales process because social media direct selling doesn't really work. But I have got a process a bit. Well, you are all here because of my sales process for this marketing mastermind where I just did a short video, just op opening the opportunity for you. Um, but I didn't really tell you too much about it. I got you to apply and then I got you to check and watch a video. And then we booked in a call and then I had a call and I qualified you, although you're already kind of qualified anyway through the, the um, watching through the, the processes before. And then if we agreed, you went to one of my team to book you on. There's like about five steps in there. So I created a document detailing that. I created a document of all my most wide-reaching social media posts. And I just put them into PDFs. And occasionally when I'm feeling generous or I just want to de-risk having too many followers on LinkedIn and not enough on another platform, I'll, I'll give them away. So if you create two or three really valuable lead magnets for you guys, it could be a, a deal analyzer. Um, you know, property people love a good deal analyzer, or a good one. Uh, or it could be... Um, it, it, it could be the 15 most stupid mistakes you've made in properties in the last five years. Um, so other people don't make the same mistakes. Or it could be your, um, your hardcore due diligence process that you do for every deal. Could have like a 15-point due diligence process. Obviously, I'm just spitballing, but you can see it's not that difficult to come up with these good products. Essentially, it's just good content. But instead of giving it away for free, you're asking for a connection in return. Um, and then as you build your assets, as you build podcasts with lots of listeners, when you do that, you get this big jump. People on your podcast also follow your LinkedIn. When you get a big LinkedIn following, a big jump onto Instagram. Now, in the early days, I used to thought, well, if I do that, I, I, isn't that just moving people from one place to another? If they already follow me on one platform, why would they want to follow me on another? Well, there's a few things here which is important. Um, most platforms will probably maximum give one in 10 of your posts will be seen by, by on, on average, an individual. So if you've got 100 followers, you, your reach will probably only be 10. Now, let's assume that sometimes a top fan will see five of your posts, but sometimes someone who's not a very engaged fan will only see two. So on average, it might be five out of 100 or 10 out of 100 will see a post. So you've got to post 10 times. So on average... Everyone that follows you sees one post. So actually, getting them on multiple platforms and posting more doesn't really damage you. In fact, it, it has more upside than downside. It's only really your top fans that will see a lot of your posts, but your top fans want to see a lot of your posts because these, these engines are smart. And if someone clicks on your post or likes a lot or shares a lot or posts a lot, Facebook will show, or any platform will show you more of those because it knows you like that content. And then if you don't engage with a lot, it will show you less because it thinks it knows, its algorithm knows, because it judges if you like a content by if you engage in it. Okay, so the next thing then for organic reach is upping the consistency of your content marketing and posting. And that's probably how you both got a, a, a quick hit. You were posting a lot, sharing your deals, putting content, doing it in multiple groups. 
And you would have got naturally people liking you, requesting friendships, following you on other platforms. Generally, if you see someone's good content and you're like, hmm, I like that, you'll probably go and Google them off your own back. You'll probably go and see if they've got a Facebook profile, a LinkedIn profile, etc. That's more powerful than asking someone to follow you. I'm certainly not scared of asking people to follow me, but I'd rather they do it because they chose to research me off their own back than I just keep chucking links in their face. So when you do content marketing organic, you'll generally get a stronger subscriber. You'll generally get a better lifetime client value on that follower because they've chosen rather than you've pushed or encouraged. So the ongoing posting of content, even though you've collected a lot of the low-hanging fruit already, you shouldn't stop doing that to start doing paid. You should just keep that momentum up. And there's an argument now that really you should be posting one times a day or even up to three times a day on most social media platforms. Okay, I've done loads of content on this on loads of different podcasts, and now I'm going to move into paid and growing, growing your database. So get... I. I like to use social media as a test bed for paid ads. So I made this very clear to you when you all joined this marketing mastermind, because a few people asked me, oh, well, Rob, okay, I can, I can afford the mastermind. But if you're going to ask me to spend five grand a month on marketing, I can't afford that. So are you going to just be telling me to pay loads of money for marketing? And I said, no, I'm going to get you to leverage all the free and low cost first. And only then when it's time, are you going to start investing some money and we'll get you a budget if that's the right decision. So I do not want to go onto Google AdWords or Facebook ads, or Amazon ads, or Spotify ads, or print media with an untested ad, because that's a risk to me. And I don't want to advise you to do the same, because that's a risk to you, which is a risk to me, because I'm advising you. So what I'll do is I'll create a new lead magnet. I'll put it on one of my Facebook groups, and I'll test how well that does. And if it flies, then I know I've got something that's likely to work if I invest money in the ad. Whereas if it doesn't, I go, well, that wasn't very good. I'll test another one. So I use free media communities. And sometimes it can be your own. And if you haven't got it, your own, you could do it in other people's groups as long as you follow their guidelines and rules. And then when one works really well, like this marketing and KPIs one absolutely flew in one of my groups. So I know I need to go and do that as a, a paid lead magnet. And then once you've got one that works, you want to start running test campaigns. So you've got to work out a budget that you're prepared. What, what amount of money would you be prepared to lose on a weekly basis? Obviously, you're not trying to lose it, but you're prepared to lose it. So I call this test budget. So we spend about, we spend about 200 grand a month on marketing. We spend about 120 grand a month on paid for direct response ads. So I'd say of that, I'm probably prepared to spend about 15 grand a month on unproven new tests, whereas if I didn't get a return, I'd be able to swallow that. So you might say 10-ish percent of your monthly ad budget. Now, if you're listening and you think, well, Rob, I've only got 50 quid a week to spend, don't let that stop you. Spend 50 quid a week. Because in a month, when you've got a return, then you can spend 75 quid. And then in three months, 125 quid. And in a year, a grand. And in three years, five grand. So you start where you start. Now, also, 
If you're spending 50 quid a week, it'll kind of make you go into Google AdWords, go into Facebook ads and work out how to make the ads work or hire an agency if you choose to do that. Whereas if you don't spend any money, you're always just waiting. So it kind of encourages you to start testing ads early. Now, you should ideally do this before you do launch campaigns. A couple of things though before I carry on with that. So um, it's probably not worth, I'll backtrack a bit. If you're going to spend 50 quid a week, it's probably not worth getting an external agency because they're probably going to want 1,000 to 3,000 set up on a vertical. Vertical, I mean, lead magnet, opt-in, autoresponder campaign, low value product, higher value product, mastermind academy retreat, you know, like a, a sales vertical. Americans call it funnel. I like to call it staircase. Um, so there's going to be some test up on using an agency. Uh, and so, you know, is it worth spending a few grand and then a monthly retainer if you're going to spend 50 quid a, a week? Maybe not. So on that kind of low budget, I think it's worth you or someone in your team getting in and working out Google AdWords and Facebook ads and Spotify ads and Amazon ads. By the way, Amazon ads, if you've got a book or a product, not if you haven't got a book or a product on Amazon. Um, we have internal people that run our ads. I just find it that works better for us than agencies, although we have got a couple of agencies we're testing at the moment. And of course, there are good ag agencies and bad agencies. But like, if you think about it, if you or someone in your team spends two to five hours a week fiddling around on AdWords and Facebook ads and Spotify ads and wherever else, now, by the way, there's really good tutorial videos in Facebook ads and Google ads because they want you to be able to work their ad program really well because then they can get a lot of money out of you. So it's, it's the sort of thing you can work out yourself. You might want to go on a course on it for someone who's done it. That would be good leverage. That's your call. We don't run those courses. But, you know, imagine you've been doing it for two months. You're going to know groups or keywords that don't work very well. You're going to know groups or keywords that do work very well. You're going to have tested some money. You're going to have got some opt-ins. You're going to be nurturing those with your, your autoresponder value add campaigns. And if you do that a few months before your launch, then you've got more people to launch to because you've been building your database, which is obviously why this question has been asked. Now, because I believe in multiple streams of leads, I want to be doing lead generation on multiple platforms. The downside of that is overwhelm and maybe some wastage of time and money. The upside is higher volume of leads, higher risk protection from if one or more platforms gets really expensive or ends up not working overnight, which can happen. Gives you an ability to grow. Gives you an ability to test different client avatars. You know, because you might have a, um, I seem to have a 35 to 45 year old male demographic as the major demographic that follow me. But I mean, that makes sense because I'm a 40 year old male. But we also get kind of uh, quite a big demographic as 55 to 65 year old women. So really, our campaign should be slightly different from one to the other. So we probably don't really market enough to under 25s. So, you know, if I was smart and had capacity, I'd start a new vertical. How to set up a business from your bedroom, go and um, hack into your mum's eBay account and get all of your dad's stuff in the loft and sell it on eBay and give him 30% of the profit. You know, you're not going to say that to a 55-year-old woman, but you are going to say that to a 21-year-old kid or a 15-year-old kid. So running multiple lead sources gives you an opp opportunity to go to different avatars or 
client demographics, as it's also known, and test ad copy, test language, test products and services. I've run events just for women in the past. They wouldn't let me speak at that one, unfortunately. That would have been nice. Would have been my dream. Uh, we're thinking of doing an event for young entrepreneurs under the age of 30. And of course, if I've already got campaigns and lead sources where I'm follow finding a lot of those people, I find a lot of people who follow me on Instagram are personal trainers. At some point when I'm big enough, I'm going to be able to do an event just for personal trainers, life leverage for personal trainers, life leverage for mums. So as you test wider paid and, and, and sources of leads, you can build more verticals and more micro niches. Now, there'll be a certain amount of time on Google AdWords, Facebook ads, etc., where you've leveled on a cost per click and a cost per conversion, which you're happy to scale. So I know, you know, you want to get to 100,000, that's a big goal. Don't chuck money into a pit, though. You know, if, you don't, if you've got money to burn, just come and give it to me and I'll buy a watch. You know, don't go and spend 20 grand a month on Google Ads because you want to grow a database quick without testing the conversion environments first. So this is why you have your budget that you're prepared to lose. And your goal would be in four to eight weeks, I've done all the testing I need. And then hopefully you can get it down to a couple of cost a, quick, a click and maybe five pound an opt-in. And once you're at a, you know, reasonable cost per opt-in, then you're like, right, and I've done some testing. Now I can start chucking some more money at this to grow this more aggressively. And what you might find is before you launch, you, you spend a bit more money to grow it aggressively. And then after you launch, you just turn the budget down again and make it a bit more steady. And then you sort of scale it and reduce it back as and when you've got products to sell. I also think it's really important when you make profit to reinvest some of that back into marketing. Mark and I retain about 50% of our um, net profits as cash in the company for, for growth. You know, marketing, staff, maybe another, we're going to need a new training suite and new office at some point very soon. Maybe, you know, prepare for Brexit and recession. If it does come and it is deep, we won't have enough cash to ride that out. So, you know, leaving some of your profits in to reinvest for growth. Now, you have to be careful on social media. Because on social media, if you link away from the social media platform to another platform, they will reduce your reach. So you've got to play a bit of a game and work out how to get the best, how to pe get people off one platform and onto another the best. So with Facebook, if you run a sponsored ad, they'll give you all the reach you want because you're paying for it. You can do a boosted post on your page, which will reach more people. You could put a link in the comments rather than a link on the actual post. You could ask people to tag themselves in the group and then private message them the link. So, you know, we're always trying to find ways round. I mean, it's, it's not against any platform guidelines that you could put a link on there. So it's not like a faux pas. It's just what you just want maximum reach because all the algorithms are playing with your reach. Make sure on your email signature, You've got a link, an updated link to where you want people to go. If you just launch a podcast, put your new podcast link in your email signature under your name and rotate that as and when you bring out a new uh, lead magnet and put a little one or two line sizzle. Not too salesy because obviously it's your own email signature. But with the amount of emails people send a day nowadays, that's probably going to, you're probably going to get quite a few that way. Uh, on your social media platforms where you can do a link to them, so you can have a link in your profile on Instagram.
You could have a link on your Facebook profile. You could have a sticky thread in one of your groups where th that particular post stays at the top. So really going from not many to 100,000 opt-ins is not really one big hit. It's using multiple platforms. If you ever get any PR and you ever get in any magazines in property, there's Property Investor News, your Property Network magazine, um, you know, make sure you can put your links in there. Refer to your products sort of vicariously or covertly within the copy. Not too much because, um, but, you know, maybe one or two references. I'm not, I have a PR company and I spend a decent amount of money per month. And the one we've got are definitely the best we've had. But you certainly go a few months where you feel like, am I getting enough exposure? So I wouldn't recommend you hiring a PR company, but I would recommend you writing articles that rank well. I mean, ultimately, if you write 3,000 word articles, which are now apparently a, a sort of a, a more favoured length for SEO, and you can get your articles very high up with rich keywords, then you're going to get a lot of organic growth that way. The only thing with that is you're competing with a lot of people and mastering the, the dark art of SEO is something that you really need to be a specialist in to know how to properly leverage. But that shouldn't stop you writing good articles. If you write good content, it will get shared. You know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's a very famous book. I think it sold 14 million copies. Why? Because someone reads that and goes, I need to tell my mates about that. I need to tell my family about that. So your, your more long-term organic viral reach will come from really good content. All right, thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.